This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the monthly Purgecast, sanctioned by the film majors. Blessed be James DeMonico and The Purge, a series that slaps. May God be with you all. Yeah. Did you hear that uh, acapella is in again? Yeah, apparently acapella is back. <laughs> yeah, I did hear yeah. this. Pentatonics are the new Beatles. You know, it, if the pentatonics are the new Beatles, the great thing about that is that I know that one of them's going to get shot in the head. Hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Purgecast. And you may have heard you may have heard a, a, a sneaky little voice. A sneaky little voice coming in coming in through the airwaves. Now who could that be? Who who's who's here with us today? Hello, I am Jake. It's you Jakey Boy. It's Jakey Boy. Now it's your boy Jake. You may recognize uh <laughs> Jakey Boy's dulcet tones from uh the Jaws episode of the uh, yeah that's right the uh, the main feed of uh, the film majors but now we've got Jakey Boy here on uh, what I would say is kind of the punk rock of the film majors podcast channel the the, the outlaw country of the film majors feed we're the wild wild west of this wild, podcast wild west it's the purge cast we're back we're back baby and we're, we're so drunk. Back. Yeah. I'm, I'm drunk. I'm I'm not drunk, I'm but I'm definitely drunk. on I've, my way I've there. I've been pounding soju tonight. Okay, Welcome. well, in that case, I'm going to go grab alcohol. Well, that's a good call. Jake, go grab alcohol. Well, well, Jake grabs alcohol. Sage, how have you been, buddy? I've been doing really good. What have you been Life up? is good. Yeah, um, I feel like, I mean, I saw you briefly over uh, over Thanksgiving. Yeah, but not nearly long enough. No, life is great. Life is great. Um, I am in my final year of school, and we are preparing for our showcase. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, basically, like the final year of an acting program, you like perform for a bunch of people in the industry, um, and like. Uh, basically you like come up with the scene and you rehearse it to death and then you do it for them. And we, we shot our scene on film the other day. It was, uh, it, it was all right. It'll, we'll get into that later when we're at a, one of our famous segments, but, um, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, what are your uh, famous segments? Yeah. yeah we've we'll got a famous there. segment. Oh, Jake, do you still have your phone on you? Yeah, no, I do. Okay. It's like well, sitting then... on my computer so I could. All right. Perfect. Well, I I love the kind of audio we're going to be getting on that. Yeah, it's going to be great. But um, you know, we're, again, we're 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 kind of an underground sort of show. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we play by nice. our own rules, so maybe we should just ask Jake the question. Wait. So I thought you. We, we, how is it going to be worse if it's on my computer? Uh, no, no, Jake. Know. No, it's just more that you're moving around. Let's wait. Let's oh wait yeah, no, Jake you can just cut it out for when I wasn't talking. Because I'm settled now. Uh, you're set, are you settled? 
I'm settled. I, I got my gentleman's my life, jack you know? right here. Ah, <laughs> gentleman. Ah, the drink for distinguished fellows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then, Sage, would you like to ask Jake the question? Yeah, we can we can skip a, a, the, the... Hey, Jake, crank that, crank that Zoom screen up. I'm seeing your tits, and I'm loving it, but I want to see your beautiful face. It's okay. Yes, we don't have to hear my about my life. My computer screen fine. is broken. All right, you little goblin. Sage, ask him the question. Hey, Jake, um... Who are you purging this week? That's right, Jake. This is our famous segment where we like to ask our guests and ask ourselves who, who we're purging this week in a hypothetical, silly... In, in a world of jokes and comedy. Yeah, in a, in a silly little situation. For legal reasons. None of this is serious. None of and it's we're just, real. You wouldn't, do, you wouldn't really purge someone because the purge doesn't exist. Because but if it, but if it did... Who who's who's bothering you? Who's who needs to face your wrath, Jake? Hmm. Let me think. Okay. Sage, say, Sage, Sage has one. So if you need to, I was gonna say. I mean, I was gonna say just kind of the man. The like, man. The, like broadly speaking. <laughs> That's a fucking great. <laughs> speak more on that, Jake. Yeah, Jake, speak well, you know play. the man. He's always trying to keep you down, restrict your movements and your activities, and I'm I, for one, am fucking sick of it. <laughs> I've been saying that. Uh, listen, I've heard you say that. Thank the God man, people are on board these days. God, I'm just, Jake, I'm so glad that someone is coming on this show to speak truth to power in this way. Exactly. And, the man is, I'm not sure what he's doing, but I'm sure it's bad. It ain't good. So, Jake, if, you, if you've got your hands on the man if you got your hands on the man and in sort of a, a hypothetical kind of comedic sort of world of world of humor what would mm-hmm. you do to him jake how's the man going are you out? guys familiar with the interlude from enter the six 36 chambers called speaking of this is very topical as many of you may know the film we're covering today is set on staten island home of the wu-tang mm. clan but have mm. either of you guys heard the method man interlude off 36 chambers um, um yeah of course i know that really well but for the people in the crowd who don't uh, please explain it's essentially just like method man describing torture methods for like you know like a period of time. Is I this think the one where he's going like to keep feeding you, you and feeding you and feeding you and feeding you? He would be the man for that. You know, but he's, he's going to show your asshole shit. You, you missed that part. Yeah, no, he tells also, your asshole he's going to, um, like, roast a coat hanger or an open fire or whatever and stick it in real slow, like, ah. Jesus. Well, that's what's got to happen to the man. Yeah, you know, I don't know if anybody's brought this up before, but it seems like Method Man has a lot of anger that he needs to get out. He's got a lot of anger at the man, and the man needs to face his wrath. You know, Sage, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but, like, that was, like, most of what the entire media was saying for a period of time in the 90s, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this Method Man's, I think he's a little upset about something. You know, I actually saw Method Man in concert. And and was he was he expressing some some heinous views? He was, yeah. He was saying all sorts of things. It was at, I went and saw Snoop Dogg oh, no, in concert. Just, 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 and remember Man and because Man open you for him. chose to do that over doing something else that night. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> no, what did I do that over? 
Um, that was when Zach and I were hosting our school-sponsored popularity contest. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, fuck, yeah, you fucked yeah, up. And you well, you missed the one time you got a chance to see me perform in anything in high school. Yeah, you oh. fucking piece of shit. What a bummer, because Snoop Dogg really, like, yeah, phoned in actually, that performance. Yeah, too. you know what? Just because of that, I, and my I pick could have is, told you that before. <laughs> yeah, no, just because of that, my pick for this week is Sage. Sage Jesus. is getting purged. Sage no. is getting purged for not Come respecting on. my boy Jake and me. Come on. Um, yeah, no, you're facing my vengeance, Sage. Um, <laughs> Sage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put comedy you. so groundbreaking and so dangerous to the man that we were threatened to be kicked out of this school yeah, so, for making a white people can't dance joke specifically yeah, so, was what they viewed as too did far. Did you guys get in trouble for that? Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me let me tell this. So Jake and I hosted a thing at our uh, high school called the X-Men Pageant, which was, yeah, basically a school-sponsored popularity contest with, like, you fundraising were money for charity. For, like, kids um, with cancer or yeah, something, Yeah, and there's, right? like, a whole opening. And, it, and, it, yeah, and Jake and I were not involved with the pageant, but we were, like, the two MCs. And we wrote a whole <laughs> script, and our opening bit was, uh, I think I went, like, and they say white people can't dance. And then Jake went, and they're right. Uh, <laughs> and the lady who was organizing the X-Men pageant came up to us and was like, hey, so some of the students are very uncomfortable with that joke, and we feel it's not appropriate to bring race into this, so we just shouldn't do it. It's a school of fucking entirely white people. This was after <laughs> all the white kids danced on stage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah it's after they put this right. And I also right. can guarantee you no one in that crew took issue with with it, like. uh, maybe no. I can think of one person who went to our elementary school. <laughs> and pause for recognition. Wait, was oh, that we're throwing out names? I, it was her mom who told us. So yeah, I think so. That was her mom. I'm pretty sure that was her mom. I I remember strongly thinking it was her. I'll bleep out the name. Yeah, let's bleep that. Yeah, I'm no, gonna no, bleep so the I, name. So, I mean, we may just cut out this whole part, but no, I don't we think won't. <laughs> We don't have enough time to. Yeah, no, this episode drops in like an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, the the listeners of this show will be real pissed if it's an hour late. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're avidly waiting. They're chomping at the bit. I know know James DeMonico is sitting in his bed. James DeMonico is in his fucking home. He's got his fuzzy socks on. Just fucking waiting for us to continue to jack his work off. And James, let me tell you, I've got spit in my hand and love in my heart. but yeah, no. So uh, in terms of who I'm purging, it's it's gonna be a one-two punch of uh, the lady who told Jake and I that we couldn't tell our white people can't dance joke because she hates comedy. Uh, she was doing she was doing cancel culture and comedy. Yeah, we gotta uh, and go it's to the Joe Rogan comedy club to stop yeah. this. <laughs> it's the only place where Jake and I's open-minded ideas will be accepted. It's the only. Only place where you can do comedy without a net. Uh, Jesus. But uh, yeah, no, it's going to be her and it's going to be Sage for not coming to see us. And uh, in a world of comedy and jokes, in a world of bits and goofs and gaffes where nothing is serious and we're not actually going to do it, um, you know, I'm just, I'm going to tie both of them to, you know, I'm going to tie their limbs to some horses and I'm going to slap those horses on the ass and just see what happens. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds I awful. I it's called being drawn and quartered. It may be, Jake. It may be. 
I don't like that at all. Should have come to see us, you fucker. <laughs> it's really nice to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you. Yeah, enough I, know, it's been a minute. I love you, buddy. <laughs> I love you too. Who are you purging this week? As a joke. Um. Okay, well, I'm debating this one. Debate away. We love debate. We love debate and discourse because we're free thinkers. Okay. We're free thinkers who com- whose comedy won't be stopped. So for my showcase, I do like I like record a scene, right? And this scene is like a thing that's like seen by a lot of like in- industry people. They they watch it and they go, "Ooh, this guy can't act," and, and then you know they move on to the next one. Um, but in you know these scenes, they're like relatively dear to us as performers and. <laughs> The the crew that they hired to shoot the scenes this year, uh, let's just say they're, they're a little bit lazy. Um, <laughs> and they've been, like, reducing all the blocking that we've worked on for weeks. And they, like, basically they just reduced our scene down to us just, like, standing and chatting. And which was already frustrating. But then we only got one take of each angle, which is... So they're, ever... pre- they're preparing you to work with Clint Eastwood, is what I'm hearing. Sure, I guess so. And One you know, if Clint. I wanted to work with Clint Eastwood, why wouldn't you? That would he directed be... the Mule. Yeah, and also that Gran means Turismo. a lot to me. Gran Torino, that... Jake, not Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo is a racing movie. Gran Torino is a movie that's like Gran Turismo is the racing Eastwood, movie. Eastwood helping an Asian community against black people. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not trying to work with Clint what? Eastwood. Why? You don't want to work with the man who berated an empty chair at the Republican National Convention pretending Barack Obama was sitting there? Also, don't forget no. when he, like, threatened to assault that Native American woman. Or I guess she's, like, she turned out to wait or not be. No, 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 that Native was John American. Wayne, Jake. That was John Wayne. Uh, okay. Different but Clint Western Eastwood hero. also did bad shit during that. I'm, I'm oh, I'm, sh- yeah, no, that. I'm, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, he did. Anyway, I'm just annoyed at them for only getting one take of each angle. It's, like, not huge. It's pretty serious. What are you going to do to them? It's... As a joke. As comedy. What's going to happen to them? I don't know. Like, I probably wouldn't hurt them, but, like, I might, like, break their camera gear or something. You're going to break... That's so weak. I know. I'm not feeling very murderous these days. That's so weak. What happened to you? I know. I just threatened to kill you as a joke. Here, let's let Jake. Maybe I'll come up with something better. Let's let Jake do his. Jake said he was going to kill the man. I was going after the man. I've explained this. Yeah, Jake's going after the man. That's that's strong as fuck. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I got to piss my ass off your back. Jake's going to dip out to take a leak. I'm going to interrogate Sage. Sage, why aren't you. Why aren't you feeling. A, a fire in your belly these days. I'm just feeling, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been, um, happy. You've been happy? Yeah. Okay, but like you don't feel like a simmer, simmering, boiling rage in in your gut. Not recently. No. Not re- I can't believe that. I know it's crazy. Even on my best days, I feel this sort of insatiable rage that feels seems to consume me at every turn. Look, I'm worried about it, and I have an appointment with both my doctor and my therapist to figure this out. But your therapist is going to be like, "Why aren't you simmering with rage? Get back on it." Yeah. Good. I hope they are, because if they're therapist. not, then they're not worth their fucking salt. That's what I'm saying, <sighs> buddy. Yeah. Buddy, 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 buddy yeah. boy. 
No, I had another one. I can't. I can't quite remember what it is. You this is gonna be really good radio. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. Um, what was it? What was it? What was it? Oh, Sage? you know what it is. What is it, Sage? Okay, so we've got this new like. Our guest went went away to take a leak, so like this it's is already incredible radio. It's just you and me. Look me in the eyes. Look me okay. deadly. Look yeah. me. Kiss me. Okay, tell me. I'm glad we enjoyed that together. No, okay, so more than the camera crew. Um, so there is, uh, at my, I work on my campus, and I have three different jobs on that campus. Mm-hmm. And they just decided to change the, like, the, like, time sheet situation. So we've been, like, working with this, like, thing called, like, the time hub that was, like, already really confusing and, like, hard to use, but, like... I'd finally figured it out, and now we've switched to this bullshit called Paycom. Okay. And you have to, like, memorize the codes for each of your job when you type them in. For each of your job. <laughs> each of your jobs. Give me, give me to your job. When you type them in, and I, like, messaged them, because I was trying to do it, and, like, my jobs weren't loaded on there, and so I messaged them, and I was like... This isn't working. Whenever I type in my hours, it's switching to my job in the film school. And they were like, have you tried putting the right numbers in? And that made me real mad. And um, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling furious. You're not feel- yeah, you're not feeling furious. Okay, no. well, listen, I don't want you to to summon the beast. I want you to release the beast. So yeah. if the beast is sleeping, then that's okay, My I beast guess. has been sleeping. So I think it my- sounds kind of like... To me, the man has gotten to you, which is why he needs to be eliminated. That's why he's got to go. Jake, if you can help me out by getting rid of the man, that would be great. Oh, wait, I feel it's, weird. It's on the docket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we can uh, we can exit our famous segment. That was nice. That was nice. It's good and to be back. Now it's time to discuss the big ticket item what we're here for. We're here to talk about the first Purge. Which is the fourth Purge movie. We have invoked this on several episodes. Uh, The fourth film in the franchise is called The First Purge, and that is because it is a prequel. It is uh, telling the story of how uh, the Purge came to be as something that was implemented by the New Founding Fathers. And... uh, I'm now, if you don't know who the new founding fathers are, you haven't listened to the last four episodes of the podcast. So, so go just back, go check back them out. fucking, it's not our job to educate you. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read out the description from Google now. <clears throat> He's got an infographic lined up. <laughs> <laughs> to push the crime rate below 1% for the rest of the year, the new founding fathers of America test a sociological theory that vents aggression for one night in an isolated community. But when the violence of oppressors meets the rage of the others, the contagion will explode from the trial city borders and spread across the nation. That tells me fucking nothing yeah, about the movie. really terrible. Boo. You didn't watch it, Google. Fuck off. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, first things first, I think it's just incredibly funny that they were like, Staten Island is where we're testing this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So, to to summarize the movie a little bit better, this is about uh, the inception of The Purge, 
which is a social experiment that takes place on Staten Island implemented by the newly elected regime of the United States, the new founding fathers, Mm -hmm. where for one night a year, all crime is legalized. Uh, And we follow mainly the story of Dimitri, who is uh, a local gang leader and uh, drug kingpin. And community organizer. And community fucking organizer. As he works to uh, survive the night, uh, opposed by the mercenary forces hired surreptitiously by the new founding fathers to sow discord in the community. Yeah. You think that's that's a it's a better description. I feel like that tells you more about the movie because I feel like the Google description is just like, hey, do you not know what the purge is? Here you go. (laughs) And at this point, we're fucking I mean, this is to be fair. This movie is a good jumping on point for the franchise. Yeah, because chronologically it does come first. Uh, But like we're four movies in at this point, you should know what this series is about. Yeah, I think it's also important within, like, the the movie follows Dimitri, of course, but it also follows Isaiah and Naya, a brother and sister who are also in Staten Island. Um, and there's, there's kind of this arc of Isaiah needing to prove that, like, he can support himself and support his family and... Pretty early on in the movie, it turns to um, dealing drugs uh, inside Dimitri's gang. Um, He gets uh, made out to be a little bitch and uh, then takes the purge as an opportunity to kind of save face and uh, chases after the guy who tried to kill him. Yes, who we'll mention later. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, I think we kind of need a whole yeah, section on him. Uh, Jake, <laughs> we're going to get so into yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's a huge segment today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he gets on onto that. Naya uh, actually used to be in a relationship with Dimitri, um, but has turned away from that because um, she believes that... Uh, he shouldn't a gang be dealing leader is drugs wrong. to the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't be the coolest guy on Staten Island. So yeah. it also follows their sort of journey of trying to survive, and the two inter, the three intertwine. Yeah, and you also follow uh, Marissa Tomei, who is the sociologist who came up with the Purge as a social experiment, and uh, one of the new founding fathers who agreed to implement it. Uh, who is the chief of staff for the NFFA, whose name is Arlo Sabian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's like so close to the Fishman and Hellboy's name. <laughs> Which I watched recently. I was thinking the same. Okay, so. Well, and Arlo Sabian also works uh, under... <laughs> Under the presidency of President Bracken. <laughs> President Bracken. <laughs> Great name. Did not quite notice it until this watch. Yes. Yeah, okay, so I Did feel like some things I picked up on this watch. President Bracken is played by Ian Blackman, <laughs> who is a white man. Who is a white man, despite most of this cast being black people. Um, so, Jake. This yeah. is something that we talk about on every episode, and we're going to hand it over to the guest. What's your history with the Purge franchise? So this was actually the first one I watched. That feels uh, right. That tracks. Yeah, no, it was. And then I rewatched. I watched all of them with you guys, 
And I didn't realize, like, until the election year that, like, these movies... Because, like, I remember seeing the trailers on TV as a kid. And quite frankly, the trailers made these movies look scarier than they are. As opposed to more yeah. just, like, a fun time. Hey, Jake, um, you know what's scary? It's society. True. And the fact that we live in one. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so this was the first one I watched, and then I went back and rewatched all of them. I definitely think this one and Election Year are the best. The first two feel kind of more muted. And upon rewatching this, like, I liked this movie quite a bit when it came out, actually. I'm like, yo, this is a fun time. Like, definitely a little corny at points or whatever. And I still stand by that, but I do think this will be a fascinating movie to watch in 20 years because it is, like in a lot of ways, the most 2018 piece of media imaginable. <laughs> like, for like real. this will serve as a perfect time capsule for, cult, like, kind of, like, Trump era. Like, I don't know, like, it's, like, the end of the whole thing about, like, I don't know, different horror movies, like, kind of reflect the fears or political climate of the day or whatever. Well, this, like, is kind of a... Per- like, if you wanted to show people in 20 years a movie to be, like, this is, like kind of indicative of the political climate during the Trump presidency. Like, this is actually the perfect movie to show them, and it's kind of fascinating for them. It also features, like, pop culture stuff. Yeah. Like, Mo Bamba is featured in this movie. Yeah, Which, fun fact, Mo Bamba was in this movie, like, six months before it... Before like, it blew became up. ...became what it became. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... No, I remember, like... Our last guest, Owen, playing Mo Bamba like months after this movie came out. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and then proceeding to go to frat parties at the University of Oregon where every other song played was Mo Bamba. <laughs> you know, it was like truly like I have never seen a song like get that degree of overplayed like because yeah, I, I, I think because of this movie on it a bit early and then it like did like really like it was there was a reason to became it was like truly if you weren't there for it it was like actually genuinely insane for those of you I've listening never in 20 seen a years song get played like multiple times at a party that frequently yeah oh, i i was at a frat party and i was there for 40 minutes and it got played six times i counted (laughs) (laughs) okay so what do we want to talk about about this movie do we want to talk about things that it so i think jake your comment about this being the most 2018 piece of media to exist i think is fucking dead on Mm. um and i think that that coincides with i mean you know, as as much as we like to goof around, uh, this is the movie. What? Sorry, I just farted and it was pretty loud. And I think the mic picked it up. Probably. Zach, cover your farts. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like, this is the movie that, like, fully... Radicalized you. Yes. And <laughs> throws like subtlety to the fucking wind. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. we've talked about how, you know, the previous movie election year was like speaking to, you know, the growing like 
far right sentiment becoming more publicly visible in America during mm-hmm. an election year. But like, this is the movie where it's like, oh no, the bad guys are uh, KKK members and cops beating a black man to death on a baseball diamond as America the Beautiful plays. Like, yeah. and you know, probably not coincidental that this is uh, the first film that is uh, not directed by our boy James, our sweet boy James DeMonico, who did mm. still write it. Uh, but it is the first film directed by a black man. And I feel like speaks to the inherent white supremacy of the purge in like a very blunt direct way uh that is incredibly satisfying um yo speaking of which did you look at the pre the filmography of the dude that directed this because gerard mcmurray it's kind of insane well i I looked at it and it seemed like he hadn't really directed any other feature films other than like one before this. Yes, but no, he hasn't. But you got to look at like what those other feature films are because it's like a Kevin Hart movie, some movie about a frat and something called The Spicy Mac Project. <laughs> yeah, what is The Spicy Mac Project? Uh, I can <laughs> tell you what The Spicy Mac Project is. It's something that we'll be watching once we finish all the movies and the TV show. It has 9.3 on IMDb. That sounds that awesome. Is, the, you, the Google so description. see things with above like a 6 on IMDb. Yeah, that's crazy. This is shocking. The Google description is four buffoons busted for attending an underground fight competition attempt to avoid serving time by aiding the Los Angeles Police Department in a routine training exercise. I mean, this sounds like a, wait. this sounds like a perch film. Yeah. Um, when yeah. it says the director, okay, I don't know why, but on, when it, the, it says the director is Spicy Max. Spicy Max, like, <laughs> directed by Spicy Max. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the other, like, oh my god, this was written in 2016. <laughs> Moment. In the pussy grabbing one? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Naya is almost dragged into the sewers by uh, some one, some of those uh, classic sewer rapists. Yeah, super <laughs> creepy with like a baby doll's face like strapped to a gas yeah, mask. Yeah, that like makes crying sounds. Yeah, it's just like real ugh. fucked up. And they, yeah, they try to pull her into the sewers and assault her and she escapes and like maces them and as she's running off she yells pussy grabbing motherfucker which you know if you weren't around in 2016 you may (laughs) not have noticed how that bears a striking similarity to some comments that a president of the united states mr donald j trump made in a uh, leaked access hollywood tape where he spoke to jeb bush about how when you're famous you can grab women by the pussy um so it's, it's kind of a subtle connection that you might have missed yeah uh, but it's there viewers who aren't really paying attention won't notice it but, those but like, who, that, that is a classic thing where, like, yeah, all three of us are like, oh, yeah, obviously, because we were all, you know, 18 during the 2016 election. But, like, in 20 years, that will just be a line in the movie. Yeah. Somebody wrote that. Yeah. yeah. James wrote that. Hmm. 
Because James wrote all these movies. Sweet, sweet James. Sweet James. Sweet James. So, I mean, what um, are... Jake, go ahead, please. Well, so, I mean, I just had a few things to point out. One is, like, why does um, Dimitri just have a harem in this movie? They like, kind of introduce it, and I didn't question it, but it is kind of odd that he just, like, has a harem, and they when get is- paid to off him at one point. And also, like, the degree to which that man has just, like, kind of fights like Steven Seagal thinks he would act in any given situation is insane. <laughs> like, that dude just, like... Pulls tactical maneuvers left and right, and it's like, yo, drug dealers aren't really like soldiers like this, but it works for the film. Yeah, because but- he's cool as fuck. He's so okay. Here's the thing I want to bring up. So, several times, uh, Dimitri, our protagonist, who is kind of running the drug operation on Staten Island, is uh referred to as uh, king someone someone pays uh, some <laughs> women to kill him capital a one of his uh, one of his soldiers pays a couple of women to try to kill him and uh, you know says oh I'm the king now but then he's quickly killed by Dimitri who you know establishes himself once against the king and that, that's interesting because uh, you know this film takes place on Staten Island, and you know there's another another film that came out a couple of years later. It was a, I think it was released on you know premium VOD streaming um, that posits that there's there's a different uh, king of um, uh, king of uh, king of Staten Island, and that's Pete Davidson. <laughs> so. I guess this film just makes me wonder, you know, who's the real... Is is Dimitri the true king of Staten Island, or is it Pete Davidson? Because, you know, Pete Davidson is in a film where, which is called The King of Staten Island, yet in the film he's never referred to as the king of Staten Island, whereas several times Dimitri is referred to as the king of Staten Island, more or less. So uh, I'll throw it out to you two. Who's the king of Staten Island? I mean, as somebody who, like, A, didn't watch that movie. and That's your first mistake. B, is not, like, a huge fan of Dimitri Martin. Dimitri. Dimitri Martin, uh, the comedian. Who are we talking? Pete Davidson? Davidson. Yeah, you're doing good, bud. (laughs) He's not a huge fan of it. I can't even remember his name. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Dimitri's the king of Staten Island, because I think if you put them in a ring together, or even just in the same vicinity with the idea that they need to somehow compete for this position, I I think Dimitri comes out on top in pretty much every category other than maybe a roast battle. Um, That being said, Dimitri has some great roasts in this movie. Yeah, I would tend to kind of say it's sort of like a... They both hold the office with Dimitri being the political head of Staten Island and Pete Davidson really being more of the cultural and social leader of Staten Island. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Jake, I can get on board with that. Also, just quick aside about the King of Staten Island, that is another movie that Action Bronson just shows again both that and the Irishman action Bronson just has a weird little cameo like Wait, where he just like, plays the some Irishman? dude yes yes he <laughs> sells 
the takes you where Irishman is coughing, and then the king of Staten Island, he, like, goes to a fire station because he just got stabbed, and Pete Davidson helps him. He's kind of part of, like, it's the emotional fucking, crutch, uh, crux of, like, both movies. And, yeah, like, that's a fucking I like great Bronson, scene. It's just kind of odd that happened twice in the same year. Well, it was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't the same calendar year, but it was probably about six months apart. <laughs> <laughs> when, That's crazy. Uh, when did the Irishman come out? I thought it was 20, 2020. No, 2019. Oh, was that 2019? Yeah. Uh, continue to chat. I'm going to grab a beer. I do think this movie provides like a good like answer to kind of like, they did a good job of like canonizing actually like an interesting response to like sort of the, like sort of go-to thing you'd say as a dude who has no fun about the Purge movies is like, yo, know, like I kind of feel like if the Purge was real, and in reality, this is probably true. It would just be a lot of property crime hmm. and just, like, kind of people partying or whatever. Yeah. And I think this movie actually like, kind of provides an interesting and, like, compelling way for it to be legit, which is essentially that they, like, kind of the whole thing is rigged. They sort of pay people to kill other people. By they, I mean the new founding fathers. And also, like, hire paramilitary dudes to go in. And I think that's actually kind of an interesting Absolutely. way they sort of, like, set up how, like, oh, there was, like, this was rigged to go through and sort of, like, actually, it, it's it's an interesting explanation that feels believable. Yeah, because this movie actually, like, goes into what would probably actually happen if, you know, if the New Founding Fathers weren't there to, like, fuck shit up which is that like if they made this a thing like like everybody is out in the streets like raving and like people are like stealing from atms yeah which is like always what i've thought like i would do if if the purge was real like i would go and i would steal shit i wouldn't be killing people yeah this movie hammers home the notion that like the purge is only like primarily a vehicle for violence because the government makes it so. Yeah. Yeah, and also that it's like specifically a plan just to like lower the population of poor people. Yeah, no, fucking Arlo Sabian fucking says basically that exact thing, right? Sleuths it out really, really subtly. Yeah, no, he he says that, like, directly to Marissa Tomei before he ships her into Staten Island to be killed by mercenaries. Yeah, also insane that Marissa Tomei is, like, this, like, well-meaning scientist who's like, no, I think this will help people. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind I mean, listen, (laughs) it's a perfect franchise and I have no notes. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't mean this is a complaint. Like, I I accept our gospel and our canon, but I'm just like, (laughs) insane she, as a real person, thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it's insane how Marissa Tomei, the actress, thinks that the purge (laughs) is a good idea. <laughs> that was actually how this series started. Yeah, it was it's Marissa weird Tomei how Marissa came Tomei to James came, well, She went to the government first, and they said no. And then she was at like a cocktail party that James DeMonaco's wife was at. Mm, and then that is she how it was happened. like, "Hey, James, Marissa was spouting off some shit that I thought was personally offensive, but uh, you know, ultimately, I think you might find interesting as a filmmaker." Okay, also. Little James DeMonaco fact that I don't know if I've mentioned yet hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. So 
we've talked about how at some point we're going to do a purge movies that aren't purge movies episode. Yes. So one of those movies uh, that I would consider to be like a film that shares a lot of DNA with the purge is John Carpenter's escape or um, sorry, assault on precinct 13 Mm. escape from New York even more so, but assault on precinct 13 is like, yeah, I was going to say the warriors. Yeah, yeah, the Warriors is another one. But Assault on Precinct 13 is particularly relevant because it's like about a cop and a criminal hold up in a police precinct as a gang like comes in and tries to kill a witness and they have to work together. Um, And it has like that sort of urban decay element that these movies play on and it was uh remade in either the late 1990s or the early 2000s and the two people playing the lead roles in the film were ethan hawk and lawrence fishburne interesting do you know who wrote this film who's that our boy James DeMonica. Mm. Our boy James... Fully confirming my belief that James is a huge John Carpenter head. Yeah. He... Is, is, was John Carpenter... Did he do the original and then... Yes. Did James DeMonica do the... Okay. He, I don't think he directed the remake, but he wrote the remake, which is also probably where he met Ethan Hawke. Um, it's all coming together now. He also wrote... Uh, a film that's long kind of been like a I don't know if a, if it's a favorite but a film that I've quite liked for a long time basically since I was a child which is uh The Negotiator The Negotiator Yeah, Jake. <laughs> James Tomatico wrote that shit. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. Wild. Yeah, James. He's, he does it all. He really does. Um, so have we talked about Skeletor yet? No, we were, I think we were kind of waiting to get into Skeletor. Well, let's fucking get into Skeletor. Yeah, I'd really love to talk about Skeletor because wow, what a purge ghoul. So Skeletor is one of the first people we meet in this movie. Yeah, he He is the first person you meet. Yeah, he's in an interview. He's in an interview with, um, with the people who are working for the new founding fathers experiment and they're sort of testing the waters to see uh, how people would feel about this purge experiment and Skeletor actually names the franchise he coins the term the purge now Jake how would you describe Skeletor as a man Skeletor Adonis I mean, he's kind of like they were like, yo, let's come up with the scariest crackhead we can. <laughs> and the solution was a do like a drug addict who relishes in violence and like opens with a monologue about how he wants to kill people and how he's been like holding it back currently is like either smoking crack or meth. And yeah. he has like kind of like weird ritual scars. Like, you know what I mean? When I say like, like he has like kind of. 
He's got like decorative stars tea. on him, and then yeah. naturally, what he uses as a weapon is like Wolverine claws made out of needles. Yeah, like a Freddy Krueger glove of hypodermic needles. They're very scary. It's awesome, <laughs> and also like many of the best lines in this movie. Yeah. Come around Skeletor. There's um, Skeletor's about to get his purge on. Is that how it goes? Skeletor's uh, so, purge. So he is, is about to get his purge on, and then he says, Skeletor's purge is on. Yeah. Oh, correct, right. <laughs> there's and I there's think the hook line and sinker. I think my favorite Skeletor line, it's not a line he says, but it's a line about Skeletor. Is so early on in the movie, the um, who's the younger brother's name? Isaiah. Isaiah. He slashes Isaiah with a razor blade trying to get drugs from him. And as Sage explained, he gets made a bitch. And so Isaiah kind of chooses to, like, thinks he's going to participate in the purge to get Skeletor back. So he's at this street lave looking for everyone. And he has these, like, to monitor the purge, they put these recording contact lenses in you that give you creepy blue eyes. So he's going around this party with these creepy blue eyes being like, yo, have any of you guys seen Skeletor? <laughs> Which just conceptually is so funny. Like, imagine going to a party and asking like, yo, you guys seen Skeletor around here? <laughs> like, everybody knows Skeletor. Okay, so yeah. a few great Skeletor moments. One is when he shows up at the Purge block party and, like, a woman dances up on him. And it's like the only woman who would ever take interest in Skeletor. Skeletor. Like you see Skeletor <laughs> and you're not thinking like, hmm, yeah, I should go for that. I mean, maybe you're not. But, but I'm did he, it's implied not. that he's so tall that she just doesn't look at his face. And then she turns around because she does turn around after dancing on him and realizes it's Skeletor. Yeah, and, and then he out. and then he stabs her to death. Uh, and yeah, with his hypodermic needles. Yeah, and it's like, come on, man, why why kill the only woman in town who you know might possibly fuck you? Um, but then we get to uh, the third act of this film, which is, for my money, maybe the best third act of any of these movies. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, if this is agree. my favorite in the franchise. I think, Sage, you and I should do a uh, Purge film ranking on our next episode. Yeah, that would be good. Purge film tier list? Uh, yes. But uh, we get the third act of this film, which is fantastic. We get Dimitri going into sort of the central housing project in Staten Island to save Naya and Isaiah and a bunch of other people. Well, first we get first we get Dimitri saving the kings. Yeah. So we yeah, we get the Dimitri. Kings, we haven't even brought up the kings yet. OK, Jake, who are the kings? The kings are just kind of these three neighborhood type dudes <laughs> who like, um, hang around and conceivably these dudes spend most of their time on their stoop dispensing wisdom and let me tell you, as living like living in New York currently, New York. every neighborhood tends to have a few of these guys. <laughs> Just kind of older dudes who hang around, dispense wisdom. I got a toilet paper recommendation from one, one of these guys once that was fire. <laughs> They've offered me Do you want to plug rum. the brand? And, like, extra points to this type of dude if they only refer to you exclusively as young blood. <laughs> but sort of <laughs> that archetype of guy 
there are three of them who he heroically saves when they're out battling evil in the purge. Yeah, they, they gotta keep their community safe. Yeah, these guys are about to be killed by the KKK, and Dimitri saves them. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And then Dimitri goes into the housing project to save uh, Naya and Isaiah and some other community members. After from... his full crew gets killed by drones, yeah. which is insane. I mean, like, oh, yeah, they don't really ever it. talk about that again or introduce it in any of the other movies. But like we get a drone in the purge election year, but it's but it's not. Armed, it's not a right? government. No, it is. But it's not a government drone. Who is it? I don't know. It's just some fucking person who's like got an armed drone because oh. Leo has to shoot it down. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on, buddy. That was one episode ago. It was only a month ago that we talked about. This. But like, are we are we like ignoring the fact that like it, this is the very first purge and they have armed drones ready to go? Well, listen, these drones are from the government. That drone was some person. So, you know, it makes sense that, you know, technology that the government has years earlier eventually becomes publicly available yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna find a fucking chink in the armor of this franchise james has thought of everything i just think it's crazy (laughs) i just think that you're doubting james and i think that you're getting purged by me no i just think that it's crazy that not that james is crazy but james isn't crazy he's not he's not crazy james gets it No, no no what i'm saying is i think it's crazy that like their solution to like not enough murder happening is not only to send in mercenaries which you can like kind of frame (laughs) as like right they've got these mercenaries um who are like dressed in their kkk fits and their white supremacist fits and and like that you can be like oh it's the like poor white people on staten island you know they kind of like uh, it's pete davidson's family kind of (laughs) yeah yeah that Um, was something Oh, sorry. Go They're ahead kind of like mind. launched out of these like poor wider areas of the island to go and commit these crimes. But like, what is the what's the fib for the drones? <laughs> like, there's no like you can't make a claim that something else happened. Regardless, there. I need to get to our Skeletor moment. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we get the third act of this movie, which is basically Die Hard with Dimitri. <laughs> Uh, to the point where he is, like, stripped down to this, like, white tank top going through the building. Looking fucking rad as hell. Yeah. Uh, killing these fucking government goons, including one who's in, like, a fucking blackface minstrel show mask, who he chokes. And one who is, like, so unsubtly supposed to look like a Nazi commandant. It's, like, kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, there's a point where Dimitri and Naya and Isaiah and all these other people from the community are pinned down in an apartment and there's one of these Nazi goons aiming a rocket launcher at them and they're about to be blown away, which is a terrible idea to do inside of an apartment. Not the brightest, but who shows up to save them? It's fucking Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor gets a fucking redemption arc in this movie. <laughs> he is Chekhov's Skeletor. <laughs> in this movie, if you introduce a Skeletor, you have to use him in the final act. 
<laughs> and they do! They do, and they do it so well. Skeletor comes and wipes out a bunch of these fucking government mercenaries who have guns with a knife before he is shot. Like, he is shot down, but he kills, like, three of them yeah. and provides the window for D Dimitri to kill the rest of these guys with this, like, C4 thing. Um... It's fucking spectacular. It's Skeletor, insane. rest in power, King. Yeah, <laughs> Skeletor really, like... Skeletor is, like, the, initially the villain of this movie, but he does come out on top as a hero. <laughs> yeah, Skeletor dies. <laughs> Skeletor dies with fucking honor. Yeah, he's a noble guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we love him, and we miss him. Every day. Dude, yeah, Skeletor would have loved the the, like following iterations of the purge like can you imagine skeletor and the forever purge the forever purge yeah he would have killed all those fucking nazis he would have had so much fun so something i do feel like i need to bring up is like the kind of conspicuous lack of italians in this movie <laughs> like if it's on staten island they should have had at least one character who was an incredibly fat and racist italian guy who was either a police officer or maybe a firefighter. Like, because that is, like, a good portion of Staten Island's just, like, general population. <laughs> I mean, ostensibly they do. They're just in, like, minstrel masks. Yeah, but those were all kind of, like, I don't know, those feel more like wasp racist, not, like, yeah, Italian Yeah, I would racist. say that uh, the guys who are probably Staten natives are the, like, cops wearing masks beating the guy to death on the baseball diamond. I oh, think, almost certainly. Yeah, those are just Staten Island cops. Those guys were not hired. They didn't even know that it was the purge. <laughs> Fuck. You're like, yeah, probably not. Because I don't know, there are a lot of areas, I don't, I don't know why this phenomenon, maybe it does exist in LA and stuff, but I feel like a lot of like East Coast... <coughs> And upper Midwest cities have this phenomenon where there's a neighborhood that's sort of the cop and firefighter neighborhood. And in New York... Oh, that exists in L.A. And that's not a phenomenon. That's a planned thing. That, yeah, that's Simi Valley. Oh, that's where they all live? Uh, where them. all the fucking cops live? Yeah, Simi Valley, Silmar, I feel like a little bit. We had so many cops when I lived in Silmar. Like, there were always cops yeah, around. Yeah, it's, it's the deep valley in L.A. Oh, facts. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah, in Chicago, it's like kind of by the airport. And then New York, it's like a few places in Queens and then Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so have we uh, have we generally discussed what we want to discuss with the first Purge? I mean, I know this is a dense film with a lot to talk about. Um, I feel like we've talked about additions to the lore. I feel like this movie is more just like setting in stone things that had been previously established about why the purge exists. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think we should come to our final couple of questions of the pod. And I feel like we should discuss who our favorite purge freaks are of this film. Now, obviously, we we did a good section on Skeletor, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna rule Skeletor out for this. Other than Skeletor, who are the purge freaks who we love from this film? 
I like the dude in like the hazmat suit. God damn it, that was who, like mine. runs up and pranks them by like get them all scared and they think they're gonna die and he pulls out a gun and that's just a squirt gun and he gets them all wet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic pick. That is like honestly I feel like at some point, probably right after we complete all of the filmed purge media, we're gonna do like a purge freak breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you should do a purge freak tier list. That, for sure. that guy is fucking top tier. That bracket would go crazy. <laughs> it will go yeah. crazy. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, the Stuart Rate baby, which we already mentioned, is solid. <laughs> yeah, stop taking purge freaks, Jake. Um, yeah, yeah, Jake. <laughs> Sage, you go okay. ahead. Yeah, so my favorite purge freaks from this movie, it's a pairing. Um, there's a scene God in which you. Isaiah, I shouldn't have let you go first. There's a scene in which Isaiah is um, trying to find Skeletor. He's out trying to get his purge on and trying. Basically, he's trying to save face by um, killing Skeletor. Yeah, seeking revenge on Skeletor for cutting him on the corner. And he goes down this alleyway, and like, there's a bunch of like little like like teddy bear dolls on the ground and like strung up from like various things that are hanging out. Right. So there's all of these like toys and stuffed animals and Isaiah looks up and you see there are like two older women who are sitting like on their fire escape or like their balcony who are watching him and they've both got their, you know, their purge contacts in. So they are purging. Yeah. They're trying to kill people. And they like hit a button on the remote and all of these like teddy bears have like explosives strapped to them. But the, like the silly thing is, is that they're not like huge explosives. So it almost like doesn't feel like they're trying to like seriously kill anybody. It's almost like they're just having a goof because these explosives, they're like akin to a firecracker, right? Like it's, they're having fun. They're out there having fun and they are laughing their ass off in slow motion. We get some great shots of them. Just enjoying themselves as Isaiah is running scared out of his little shorts down this alleyway. And um, I love them. I love them. And uh, Zach and I were talking during uh, during our viewing of this movie this time about how they really set the tone for like purge ghouls and like what you should do if you're yeah, going to can, have fun on purge night. kind of set the aesthetic for being a purge ghoul. They've got like crazy fits on and they've got like an insane way of killing people that like how did you rig this up? Y- you, you're both so old you're just chilling out here just like having fun exploding bears. Like it's you could awesome. If you were really just like, trying to kill people, you could just set up like a wall of C4 down there. But no, they got creative about it. I do like that uh, in the movie, the news, like Anchor poses the question of are these masks to hide their identity or is it just more of a ceremonial thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ceremonial. Yeah. I think it's part of the fun. Also, we <laughs> didn't discuss how Van Jones is in this film. <laughs> What? 
Isn't I don't know who Van Jones yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know Right? What? Yeah, I don't know. No. The CNN guy who's doing the interview earlier? Is that a real CNN? I don't yes, watch that's a CNN real, enough to like, know that. Me neither, but I know who that is. They got a real CNN yeah, the, anchor the for this? the black guy? From in, in the beginning of the movie, the bald black guy. Oh, doing the interviews. Yeah, he's a CNN he's talk- anchor. That's crazy. Really? Yes. Wow. Jake, Google Van Jones so we can ensure that uh, I'm he's not He's at the being... beginning of the movie going and talking to people. No, he talks I'm, to I'm, the scientists. I'm looking at him. He doesn't have a filmography on his book. Okay, no, that is Van Jones, though. I'm looking at him. That's Van Jones. Um, yeah, no, I recognize this dude. I don't. I don't really remember. What that's that wild. Like. Yeah, it's like the second best CNN anchor cameo of 2018. What's the first set? Fucking Wolf Blitzer in Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> so, Come on, yeah, that's so good. Come on. Um, okay, so. You guys have taken some pretty fucking great purge ghouls. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a purge ghoul who's nonviolent. Um, yeah. And that's the guy who shows up on uh, at least one poster for this movie because he has a like very indelible look. Mm. It's the guy who has like devil horns, like uh, almost bigger than devil horns. Like they're like, like ram like, horns. Yeah, like ram horns on his mask. Um, and when you saw when I saw that dude in the marketing, I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be that's gonna be the guy. Some like, well, maybe not the guy, but like a threat. It's you very know? like black phone. Yeah, another Blumhouse film. Mm. Um, but it turns out that this guy is just a dude fucking hanging out the block party, and when Skeletor <laughs> starts stabbing people, this dude fucking books it. Because, like, he, this guy just decided, he was like, hey, this seems like an awesome time. I've got this cool mask. When else am I going to bust this out? There's I'm gonna, no other time. Like, I own this. When am I going to wear this other than the Purge block party? This is perfect. And he must have been so excited to, like, get that out there and see a bunch of... Also, okay, here's another thing. He's my Purge freak, but real quick. We didn't discuss how there is a furry... At the Purge block party. I was just going to bring this There's up. There's a furry there. Jake, <laughs> did you notice the furry? <laughs> oh, you know, I did. I was going to bring it up, like, also in the, well, this is the context of that thing we wrote over the pandemic, too. Yeah, we wrote a this script. This is, like, a dude who used this as an ex- Yeah, we were... You know, I was, I was going to bring up, like, essentially that this dude clearly, like, in the universe was, like, using this as an opportunity to test the waters with letting his friends and family know he is a furry. I feel like you would, this is the only film in the franchise that addresses it, but I feel like you would see a lot of people using the Purge as, like, a soft launch for their fursona. Yeah. And I think that that... Is a wonderful, wonderful transition point for our final question of the episode. So, Jake, Mm -hmm. my boy, our beautiful guest, you're going out on Purge Night to cause whatever mayhem you see fit. What's your Purge Sona? What are you dressing as, buddy? What's your kind of deal? Hmm. 
Let me think for a second. It's okay. We'll cut I out. I kind of a few ideas. I'm sort of well running by here. Like, I mean, part of me would just kind of want to go for the classic step warrior type fit. And Jake, what is a step warrior? You know, like kind of a guy who mobs across a large grassy plain in between Europe and Asia and sort of like purged before it was like needed to be institutionalized when I mean, that was just sort of a lifestyle you could live. You're talking like so a Genghis really a throwback, Khan throwback to the golden age of Persian in a way. Yes, yeah, um, some sort of a Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, perhaps. Perhaps a Tamerlane or Timur the Lame. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake, I think that's a good pick. Sage, what are you feeling this week for your purge sauna? Yeah, I've been... I've been... I've been ruminating on this um, for a bit. And I'm kind of feeling, I don't know, I've been reading a lot of um, Franz Kafka recently. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and there's there's this um, there's this story called like, well, there's a few ways of translating it, but like Concerns of a Patriarch. Okay. Um, and it is basically this story about this guy who is like so disturbed by the existence of this object called the Odra deck, which is essentially um, a like, it's like two pieces of wood that are in six point stars um, that are then attached to a spool. And the spool is is covered in like various threads that are just kind of like tied together and like modge podged into one long string and out of it it has a, a a dowel that then at a 90 degree angle has another dowel coming out and this this star it stands on its two points and the end of the uh teed dowel and um this this patriarch in the story is just like so perplexed by the existence of this thing and is so like upset that like it is an object that will like outlive him and his family and he doesn't quite understand why it's there or what its purpose is and i think like i would love to embody that as a purge ghoul and just like be sort of an inanimate object that like roams around the streets and doesn't necessarily commit any crimes, but is extremely frustrating for people <laughs> as they see me. Um, you know, like I would I would build an Odra deck sort of suit, uh, a sort of contraption. Well, that yours I wear. is quite close to mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I'll wear this like this this contraption and it will be like you should bulletproof be wearing and fireproof and there's no way to destroy it and i'll just sort of roam around and watch people purging and observe observe life um and death and um experience all that humanity is experiencing on that night but ultimately have no input or um, way of interacting with it. I'll just sort of be there and see how frustrating that is for the people around me on the purge night. I like be an that. Odor deck. I like that a lot. Yeah. So 
my purge sona is a uh, a little thing that I like to call the slamster ball. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that is me dressed up like a six foot three hamster inside Jesus. of a plexiglass ball that's covered in spikes. And I'm just gonna be inside of this plexiglass ball, sprinting through the streets, killdozer style, just absolutely shredding people to bits with my metal <laughs> spikes. And I'm just gonna run around going Dressed as a hamster, and uh, I'm going to slam him to bits. So, you know, you best beware of the slamster ball. And uh, that's how I'm feeling this month for my Purge Sona. I've liked, I like that you've worked in a fursona into your Purge Sona. Well, I was thinking about the furry in this film, so I figured <laughs> I, I better give them their due. <laughs> yeah, that is actually, that just raised a good point, though, which is in a Purge universe. Like, you know at least one dude was trying to like, do a Killdozer rerun. Yeah, listen, listeners, if you don't know what the Killdozer is, just do yourself a favor and Google it. Uh, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> it's um, insane. It's maybe the most libertarian incident of all time, actually. Arguably the most. And with that, I think we have successfully wrapped up our discussion of the first purge. I think this was an absolutely boisterous conversation that really got to the heart of the film. And, uh, Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Uh, now, buddy, do you have anything that you'd, you'd like to promote, you'd like to plug, or are you just here for love of the fucking game? I'm here for love of the game. Hell yeah, brother. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll come back on when I have something actually to promote promote that's for sure and you'll be welcome yeah we'd love to see you yeah no, no. i would actually love to do that i'm very curious to hear what your guys's purge films that aren't actually purge films is well yeah we'll get you on there yeah you've you've successfully secured your spot um and we've got a lot of people trying to get on this show but i think you're probably top of the list <laughs> yeah listen you've you've been you've been here for a long time um and we we want to pay that homage mm. um Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we've come to the end of our discussion. Uh, if you want to check out some other things happening on this podcast channel, you can listen to the upcoming episode of The Film Majors, which will be on How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It drops on Friday. It's our second last episode of the year. Nice. Uh, and yeah, if you want to hear about updates on this show or the film majors, you can follow us at Film Majors Pod on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and TikTok. Or you can, uh, you know, write us at filmmagerspod at gmail.com and tell us what your purge sona is. Uh, Sage, do you have anything else to plug? No, don't fucking perceive me. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, blessed be the new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn.